Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of The Right Type. Today's episode is so exciting because I'm joined by Francesca Flores, author of Diamond City, which she's going to talk about more in this episode. But first I'm going to let her introduce herself. So Francesca, just tell everybody who you are, um, about your book and everything else that you can think of. So my name is Francesca. I live in San Francisco. I've been here for about 10 years, but I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania on the East Coast. Um, I've been writing pretty much my whole life, um, and Diamond City is my debut novel, though. It's about an assassin in an industrializing city, and while trying to do her job, she uncovers a conspiracy that's going on, and she works to stop it. And it sounds amazing. I can't wait for it to come out. Thank you. Um, could you tell us more about what inspired you to write Diamond City? I saw this quote from, like, the blurb, and it was just so nice. Oh, the blurb in... Britain is like the description or synopsis um but yeah it was this it was good things don't happen to girls who come from nothing unless they risk everything I thought that was just so powerful could you just tell us what inspired you to write it yeah so that quote specifically um I grew up with my mom in a pretty poor neighborhood and it was kind of hard to um have much hope for a successful future myself somehow I <laughs> still managed to um I think it was because of certain opportunities I had my mom got me on a scholarship program to go to a good school that helped me get into college but if I didn't have that I kind of don't really know where I'd be and um, a lot of the friends I grew up with um they struggled a lot more um because of socioeconomic circumstances and so when I started writing um, Diamond City and the main character, Ina, I saw that she, Ina, had this, like, hope for the future, even though a lot of people were telling her that she shouldn't have hope or that it's impossible for her to achieve success because of where she's from and how she grew up. Um, so when I first started getting inspiration for this idea in late 2016, it was the first things that came to me were the main character and the setting. I just really like writing settings, so that always comes to me pretty early when writing a book. But the main character came quickly, and I started getting lots of bits of dialogue and just thoughts from her that I wrote down before starting to plot. And yeah, it was really fun to see her come to life because she was bold and unapologetic, and she always calls out injustice when she sees it. But I could sense that she had sort of like vulnerability and a lot of pain in her past that brought her to this point. And so it was really fun to explore her character. That's amazing. And I feel that completely. I'm from like a, a poor background in London as well. And so you just see some people um, struggle with, um, you know, getting out of kind of the circumstances they're born into. So I love that. And I can't wait for this book. For sure. Thank you. Um, I always like to ask my guests to take me through their publication journey. I think it's so important for everybody to see um, just like how diverse the um, the actual experience of getting published is. Like everybody's experience is different. Some people it takes years, some people it takes um, little time. So can you just tell us from like querying to when you got your book deal and agent and everything? For sure, yeah. Everyone's experience is super different, like you said. Um, so I wrote a lot of manuscripts before deciding to query the number is probably 15 or 16 wow um 
I stopped counting. But, um, I was just doing it as a hobby for the longest time, and I think I like forgot that it was something that people could actually like get paid for, and <laughs> I forgot that getting published was like a feasible idea, and that kind of goes back to the whole good things don't happen to girls who come from nothing idea, because the idea of publishing hadn't even like entered my mind until some writer friends that I had a few years ago started talking about wanting to try. And I was like, oh, maybe I could try that. <laughs> um, so Diamond City, I started writing in early 2017. And I, I drafted pretty fast and edited. I, I could have edited more before querying, but I, I didn't really know too much about the whole process of revision and everything. And so I thought it was super ready. So <laughs> I started querying. Um, well, first I went to a writing conference in San Diego in May, and there were some agents there who we could pitch our book ideas to. And so I had a, a few requests from there. And then I started querying in June um, with pitch contests and cold querying. And so in July, one of the agents from the writing conference in May um, sent me an offer of representation. And then I started emailing the other agents and I got three offers total. One was my agent now, Peter Knapp. He's really awesome to work with. And I, I don't know where my book would be without him. He's, he's fantastic. Um, we edited a lot before going on submission, probably had about four or five rounds. <laughs> um, no, I think four. Um, but it, it was hard to kind of keep up my confidence in my writing sometimes throughout the long revision period. But I stuck with it and I learned a lot about craft and I read a lot more. And I started feeling really proud of my book by the time we went on submission in May 2018, May or June. And um, yeah, submission... Uh, we started, yeah, like the first week of June, and a week later, I got a deal from Wednesday Books with um, my incredible editor, Eileen Crossfield. Um, she's a joy to work with, and I'm just really glad that she loves my book as much as I do. That's so cool. And it's so interesting because, um, you know, there's your story is like you got an agent quite fast in terms of querying and you also got an offer of um like for a book deal quite fast but like the editing process took you like a year yeah <laughs> so it's just cool yeah. like i've never heard that before yeah i'm glad that we did take so much time to edit it um i you know everyone's submission process is different and but I, I think the amount of editing that we did definitely helped speed up submissions a bit. I think also um, we always talk about on my podcast how a good agent um, is better than a bad agent because what could have happened is you may have had a bad agent who would have just put you out there when your book maybe yeah. needed a little bit more like um, revisions and edits um, and then you may not have gotten like a good offer or you may have not gotten an offer at all. So it's always yeah. like... Um, a good thing you know when an agent like was like they believe in you enough to want to work with you on this and like embark on this journey together yeah for sure and I feel like when when you are an author in that position and you're doing so much revising it's hard to think of it that way and instead you start getting pessimistic because you you're not used to someone really championing your work like that and you're used to having, I mean, if you've been in the 
covering trenches for a long time, you're used to getting rejected. And so when you take so much time on your revisions, you start to get discouraged and think that you're doing something wrong or that your agent isn't going to want to work with you anymore. But um, that's usually not the case. Hopefully not. Um, (laughs) If you have a good agent, it's definitely not the case. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I think... Yeah, when you're in that position, it's hard to think optimistically, but it's definitely the case that you want an agent who's going to make sure your manuscript is in as good condition as possible before going on sub. I agree 100%. Um, Thank you for sharing your journey with us. The next question is, what has been your biggest triumph in publishing and um, what's something that you've been struggling with? Yeah, um, so I think that biggest triumph, I think that could just kind of relate to the previous question a bit in that... I was just, I guess, really proud of myself after doing all of the edits, um, and especially when you when you look at a book and you see how much like work you put into it and how many times you read the book just to get it a little bit better with every revision. Um, and so it, it's just like a point of, like, yeah, pride, I guess, yeah, where you, where you look at all of your edits and you're like, wow, I, I did that. I made a book. <laughs> um, so that's... A really nice feeling and something I struggled with has probably been opening up more on social media to connect more with other writers um it was pretty easy to make like an initial group of friends but opening up more and sharing like personal things with a lot of like strangers was hard at first I think I'm getting better at it now but it it was harder than I thought it would be when I first started doing it I think it's really difficult especially because um I don't know if this is your issue with it but um i have like my mom's like voice at the back of my head saying don't talk to strangers on the internet so (laughs) i'm always like oh my god they could like do something bad to me and these are my colleagues as well (laughs) that's cute i think for me it's i don't know it's just i guess i'm not used to sharing like personal thoughts with strangers i'm happy to put it in my book or talk about it with friends but yeah I've gotten better at it but it was hard at first I've noticed that you love to travel like your pictures are so beautiful um which country would each of your main characters pick as their ideal travel vacation spot this is such a fun question I love it so much um yeah so I this question it helps me like think of each character and their personality and how that would translate to a location. Um, so the main character, Ina, um, she's a city girl like me, but she can also appreciate beauty and art. She just doesn't really have the time to, she's an assassin. She's busy. Um, (laughs) she's also, (laughs) she's also a bit of a foodie, like her sort of dream job. If she weren't an assassin would be, would be to be a baker. I know nothing about baking, so that that's her thing. But um, because of that, I think um, she'd probably like Amsterdam or Kyoto or also Mexico City. They're all like bigger cities with good food scenes, um, but they're also like beautiful to walk around. They have like great architecture and yeah. And then. Um, Teo, her best friend who helps her on assassin missions, um, he would, I can see him wanting to go somewhere that feels like warm and welcoming, but he also wouldn't want to be too far away from a city. So I think he would like Colombia, which is where my dad's family is from. I, I think he would really like it there. And then Ryu, 
Um, he is a friend that Ina and Teo make along the journey. Don't want to give away too much, but um, he is an artist. Um, so I think he would want to go somewhere that would fuel his creativity. But I think he would also like sort of wide open areas with a lot of nature. And so I think he would like um, Argentina and Mongolia. I think those would be good destinations for him. And then Rory, she's another friend who sort of grew up in similar circumstances to Ina and Teo. She's not an assassin, but she's a friend. Um, She would want to go somewhere with a lot of art and fashion. So I think Italy would be a good option for her. And then Tannis is another character. She likes to be alone a lot, and she likes to brood and think about stuff. So I think she would want somewhere with, like, cloudy weather. Um, So possibly somewhere in the UK. (laughs) Let's say Scotland. Um, And then the last main character is Cole. He would probably want to go somewhere cold, but I can also see him not wanting to leave a big city. Um, so I think maybe Moscow or St. Petersburg in the winter would be a good option for him. That's so cool. And I agree with all the characters that don't have preferences for heat. (laughs) (laughs) I live in Scotland, so I love it here. I mean, I know you live in um, a very hot city, so I can't relate. misconception that san francisco has like super sunny weather is usually between like 10 to 20 celsius all year here okay that's Um, really nice yeah i miss the sun though (laughs) (laughs) no that's my perfect weather (laughs) you'd like it here i should visit sometime to be honest because um i loved actually i was so scared to go to america when i went to new york and when i got there i was like it's actually quite nice here (laughs) (laughs) yeah interesting um san francisco is great though if you come i'll show you around Uh, okay i'm gonna i'm gonna make sure i do (laughs) and actually um what's your favorite city that you visited oh yeah um i can't do favorite city but i can do favorite countries okay um are Japan and the Netherlands. I also love Morocco, but yeah. I've only been to the Netherlands out of those three. Um, and I love the Netherlands. There's such nice people there. It is. And it's so beautiful. I love Amsterdam, all the canals and it's so pretty. It is so pretty. I'm going there next month to live there for a bit and I'm so excited. So excited for you. <laughs> um, and the next question is, which of your characters are you most like slash what character is like your favorite to be inside the head of yeah so there are little bits of me in each of the main characters but i probably like writing Ina and tanis the most um tanis is one of the other assassins who lives in the same place as Ina. um they're they have an odd relationship sometimes they like each other sometimes they hate each other (laughs) but they're both pretty focused on survival and success and they while they like having their friends around them they're also happy to do their jobs alone so they're pretty independent and i can relate with that Um, they're both they're both also really athletic which is um, something i like Um, i work out all the time so um it was fun to write characters like that I think I'd get along with them in real life um, if they didn't, like, kill me once they found out that I was the one who wrote all these terrible things happening to them. (laughs) 
I actually watched um, a drama about like this author whose characters uh, came out of his books and killed him. Oh my god! That would be me. I know would not even hesitate. She'd be like, "Oh, that would be okay." <laughs> <laughs> no hesitation. <laughs> um, and which three authors, dead or alive, would you like to take to dinner? Yeah, this is such a hard question. Um, I, I thought it would be easy at first, but it's hard. So, um, I'll I'll avoid just saying like my current favorite authors, uh, and instead I'll say ones who had an influence influence on me growing up before I really discovered YA. So, first would be Jorge Luis Borges. He um, was an Argentine short story writer, and I just really love all of his words. It's I don't know, when I, whenever I read his stories, I feel so much creativity open up in myself, too. Um, and then Elie Wiesel, I hope I'm saying that right. Um, he's the author of Night. Um, he was, a, uh, like, set during the Holocaust. And when I was, like, 13, we had to read that in school. And it, by that age, that book probably had the most impact on me and was out of outside of like a few fantasy books and like Harry Potter and stuff. Um, and then Terry Brooks, he wrote the Shannara Chronicles. It's this series of like 30 books. <laughs> I think even more now, he started writing them in the seventies and he's still going and I've read most of them. Um, they were pretty much my main reading material throughout college and or university. And I, yeah, he, helped me get a lot of inspiration for studying and creating characters so it would, it would be cool to meet him i always love when um authors i ask always like bring up someone that i have never heard of before um mm-hmm. so i'm gonna definitely check out um all those people um after the mm-hmm. podcast could you give me like their names written down yeah sure <laughs> thank you um so that's so cool um and the next question is what is your favorite part of the writing process yeah so the the part that feels the most magical is when I first start drafting and all of the ideas are just like running into my head so fast and you can like barely write them down fast enough. <laughs> That's always like an incredible feeling. Um, but something else I really love is when you're revising and things just start clicking and connecting and making sense. And that's when it feels like I've really accomplished something um, personally. just really like that feeling. I think I'm the same. That's my answer exactly. I think it's really, really like nothing else compares in the world to like getting that rush. I think both times. Yeah, so fun. And if something interrupts you, you just want to like <laughs> throw your laptop at the wall. Um, and I actually have a bad habit of like doing like um like getting so many ideas and then writing them all down and then quickly emailing my agent at like three a.m. in the morning. Like Hannah, I've got so many ideas. <laughs> And she's just like, go to bed. <laughs> That's so funny. My um, agent would still be awake at 3 a.m. <laughs> she answers much later in the day um, because obviously she has a normal sleeping pattern. I sleep during the day and then I wake up at night and like I'm up and like making mischief. <laughs> so tell us three things we can expect from reading Diamond City. Yeah, so there are a lot of intense action scenes. When I first started writing them, I was like, oh man, what have I gotten myself into? But now they're like my favorite thing to write. (laughs) And then there's a lot of commentary on socioeconomic injustice, a lot of which is led by the main character, I know. And then the third thing would be a group of friends who are just trying to make 
the most of this harsh world that was left for them to figure out like how to try to survive in. That was great. Um, and lastly, if there is anything you want readers to take away from reading Diamond City, uh, what would it be? This is actually part of a quote later on in the book uh, where Ina tells another main character to let her reach for her own sky. So stop trying to basically stop trying to tell me what you think I should do to succeed in my life. Stop setting your expectations on me and let me achieve my own dreams. So what I would want readers to take away is to feel like they can reach for the sky, their own sky, and tackle their dreams no matter where they come from or how many people tell them they can't. I feel like so many readers, that's going to resonate with them. I hope so. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, Could you just tell everyone where they can find you online? Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. It was a joy to talk to you. Um, So you can find me on Instagram at Francesca Flores Author or on Twitter at F Flores Author. And my website is FrancescaFloresAuthor.com. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me.